Welcome to Wizard Team, a Harry Potter cast for true Potterheads. Each week we discuss each chapter from the series with all of our knowledge of the world of Harry Potter. So be warned, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. I'm Robin. And I'm Bayana. We are really excited to go through these chapters and discuss all of our thoughts and feelings about the book. Today we are discussing Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix as a whole. We so we're wrapping finished! Up. We only have two books left, three movies. Mm, yeah. Oh man, it's, do you think that like halfway through the book we should watch part one? I asked you that and then you were like, no, we're doing it all day marathon. <laughs> That's what you said. Why do you listen to me about these things? But we can do I don't know. We can do either one. I don't care. I don't let's, have a preference. Let's let the team decide. Um, okay. Let us know there. in the wizard team tag. Would you rather us? I mean, also, we're not getting into Deathly Hollows right now. So maybe don't do it right now because we'll yeah. forget. We'll table this for when we're wrapping up. Halfway. About a year. About a year from now. No, like six months. Six months from now. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. Um, cool. So first we have some announcements and reminders. We want this podcast to be interactive and want to know your thoughts. So please feel free to tweet along with us. You can use the hashtag wizard team on Twitter to follow along. Love our blog. Love wizard team. Have a few extra galleons lying around. Donate to Black Girls Create. You can become a Patronus or send us a cheering charm at blackgirlscreate.org slash donate. That money will go to such fun things as feeding us while we are in D.C. for Universal Fan Con. Um, Feeding it us will. when we're in San Diego for uh, Comic-Con. Feeding us when we're in Dallas <laughs> for LeakyCon. Right. Feeding, feeding us. us at cons. <laughs> feeding us at cons. Um, also, you know, I personally would like to, you know, do more fun things, live things, and that money would really help us figure that, that out. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so... BlackGirlsCreate.org slash donate. Also, if you become a Patronus at a certain level, you can join our handy dandy chat room where you can hang out with Delia, who was born ready, Portia, Damani, who, like, do we need to? I don't know. Portia and Amani are, we love them. Join us. <laughs> what, what was the point of the shade? There wasn't because I was going into the thing and I was trying to see if there was anyone else in the chat room. And as you can tell, when I'm stalling, I'm not very good at stalling on my feet. Okay, so we now have Wizard Team merch. Um, head over to our website and step up your nerd fashion and st- stationary game. Um, yeah. Do that. I got a Black Girls Create shirt and I tried it on and I was like, look at me, stunting, stunting. And my nerd bestie, Marissa, shout out to Marissa. Hi. Um, she got a Black Girls Create shirt too. And it's a different one. It's a different like style, but it's also really cute. So, you know, step up your nerd fashion and then take a picture of it and like show us how you stutter. stutter. Yeah, do that. Um, um, and if you want to support us but don't have the funds to do so, rate and review us on iTunes. Um, as well as Google Play and other places where you listen to this podcast, um, but then also on iTunes. Yeah. Like, Which, if you listen, if you don't listen to us on iTunes, rate and review us wherever you do listen to us, and then rate and review us on iTunes as well. Yeah. Do both. You can just copy-paste. It's quick. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and we have a newsletter. So subscribe to Black Witches Weekly. 
uh, curated by Wizard Bay Dub with nerd news and links of what's been going on and what you should know about over the week. Um, if you want to be in the know, be sure to subscribe. You can go to blackgirlscreate.org. That's where all the stuff lives, guys. Yes. And now for Wizard Team News. Boom. We are headed to Universal FanCon. Uh, we have lots of dope panels planned out, as well as our first Wizard Team Live. So come high if come say come by and say hi if you are attending the con or if you are in the Washington D.C. area. I plan on eating a lot. Um, it's not Washington D.C. Sorry, it's Baltimore. <laughs> I plan on going to Jeppy's Comic Museum. I plan on eating crab pretzels. I plan on eating. Um, those old bay, like peel and eat shrimp. I plan on eating like a lot of stuff that my poor cousin Bayana cannot eat because like, she's I don't allergic. plan on eating any of those things. She's allergic to I, shellfish. I plan on eating a lot of shellfish. I'm fine. Um, <laughs> I like so, don't like my brother used to like try to taunt me for being allergic to shellfish. Like he'd be eating shrimp, like, ooh, don't you wish you had this? And I'm like, no, because I would die. So I literally have no <laughs> desire to eat any shellfish. Because not death even, would come. Like, it's I not even just, taunting you. And not so even like a like, peaceful I can't death. Think it's of like anything else you could eat in Baltimore besides There stuff. are other things, but I'm just saying, like, you know what I mean? It's not like a peaceful death. It's a like <laughs> choke and like on your own mucus and like you can't breathe and then there's like shit happened to your face. Like that's not no, no thing. No one wants that. No one that wants that. Seem, yeah, not let's just not. Let's not do that. Let's not. It's cool. They probably have fish. I eat fish. Yeah, they have tons of fish. Yeah. That'll be yeah. fine. I'm not worried about it. Right. I'm just saying, you know, if you're in the Baltimore area during Universal Fan Con, April 27th through the 29th, I believe, I will either be at the convention center or I will be somewhere nearby eating. And so you should stop by and say hi. We can talk nerd shit with our nerd friends. Also, for live wizard team, I feel like we should say this now. We're mm-hmm. planning on doing uh, headcanons and heartbreaks sort of thing, so... You know, be thinking of your favorite head cannons. Be thinking of your your the moments in the series you want to change. You know, let's talk. Yeah, try not to break Robin's heart, but it was her idea. This topic was her idea. So if she benches it, well, you, actually, if she feelings benches you, she's really feeling benches her feeling is benching herself. So the problem is, is that I was like listening to 808s and Heartbreak, and then I like the the title came. And then Bayana was like, do you understand the implications of that title? And I was like, but the title is really good. So, you know, it's a good title. It's a good title. Okay. Um, <laughs> another one. We another got us a cheering one. charm, which is lit. Shout out to Alyssa for sending us a cheering charm. We appreciate you. You the best. You the best. We didn't get no hiccups. Like, Nothing. We out here. Thank you very much. Also, in continuation of Aries season, this Saturday is none other than our super spy slash head of the Department of Magical Portraits um, birthday. So happy birthday to Amani on Saturday. Yeah. Go. I hope you do a lot of dead drops and um, (laughs) other spy stuff that makes you happy. Maybe you can dead drop a birthday cake. Well, why would he? Someone would have to dead drop it to him. Oh, right. Probably. Well, I don't know how they work. I don't know either. Maybe maybe you can, you know, have a blow out a candle while you're in an underground parking lot trading world secrets. 
let's let's move on. Let's move uh, on. Okay. <laughs> so let's get into this episode. Um, so as most of you know, unless you're like starting, unless you like are still catching up and also listening to recent episodes, our final episodes for books are just kind of a recap of a book as well as like a kind of talking about the movie because we did our live tweet on this past Saturday. Um, So just kind of talking about similarities, differences, things we liked, things we didn't like. So I thought um, we would start off with the things we like about the Order of the Phoenix movie. Um, Do you have anything, Robin? Okay, so there's this part where Voldemort apparates into the ministry. They all apparate into the ministry, which is dumb and whatever. But so Voldemort's in there and he's like, stealing Belchus's lines because he's a drama queen and he's like I'll take those lines thank you very much and he's like you know you gotta mean it Harry you gotta you know curse her and then Dumbledeezy comes in with like a straight up do you remember the Michael Jackson you don't remember because you weren't alive when it happened but you might have seen it the Michael Jackson concert from like Belfast and he pops up and he, and he just, just stays still waits. for literally like 30 just, minutes yeah I watched that on I watch that for fun. Like, I just, <laughs> everyone just falls. Screams, yep. I remember my he dad. He stands over five minutes before getting in a jam. That's right. my shit. I remember my dad being like, I would take you to a Michael Jackson concert, but you would be one of these pa- bastards that pass out before he moved, and I would yep. be very upset. And I was Same. like, that's not a thing. I would not do that. But I would. I could see how you would think I would do that, but <laughs> take me to a Michael Jackson concert. Anyway, so Dumbledeezy just channels his inner Michael, and he... Pops out of the flu network. He doesn't stand for five minutes because he's got shit to do, but he starts that walk. He just, you know, stutting on him. Just chasse, chante. You know what I mean? You know? Just, sure. I don't, but it's fine. Keep going. You know? Just sissy that walk. Do, 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 okay. do, 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 do. Okay. And then they start dueling. There's flashes of light. Red, green, blue. Who knows why? David Yates could tell us, I don't know. I don't care. I'm in it. And then Boldy makes this big ass fire snake. And then my man Dumbledeezy makes this big globe of water and like just sucks up not only the fire snake, but also Voldemort because he's petty like that. He's like, I'm going to take out this snake and I'm going to give you a bath because I know you've been hanging out with Snape and washing isn't a thing that y'all do. So let me just help you out. And then Voldemort is like, I'm going to shoot glass at you. And Dumbledore is like, do it. Go for it. And then it just starts to rain sand because it hits Dumbledore's shield of magic stuff. And he turns the glass into sand. He breaks it down to its elements, y'all. Just like he does to Tom Riddle's soul. Just breaks him down. Just says, I can I can tear you apart molecule by molecule. Don't test me. And then Fudge comes in and goes, he's back. <laughs> I love that part. I'm glad someone enjoyed themselves. Oh, it um, literally, it so, has to be the last part of the movie. Because I really started to understand you and Amani as I was watching this. Like I said, I've never watched the movies so close to reading the books because I know myself and I love me. I love me, so I just don't do that. There's two separate things. So this was the first time I've like watched the movie right after reading the book and I got it. I got the anger. 
Yeah, so, um, well, first, I forgot, we forgot to do this. Thanks to everyone who did join the live tweet. Um, that was pretty lit. I think it was the most we've had so far. It was um, super fun. So that was lit. Um, Delia in the chat says that it's worse than she remembers, um, and that she's seen the movie only a handful of times each, um, and likes them for what they are, but haven't seen any of them in a year at least. Um, okay. And then Portia says, uh, Shady Portia, sorry, says that, she likes the first two movies because they mirror the books well. Um, and I think yeah. I agree with that. I feel like, um, I don't think either of the first two movies are my favorite. Well, I don't really know that I have a favorite Harry Potter movie now that I think about it. <laughs> but, like, it's just Probably hard for me to, favorite. it's hard for me to, like, chill, but to, like, decide because it depends on my mood. Um, but I do think the first two, and I think also it's because they have less, like, material to work with. Yeah, and it makes solid. it a little bit easier to, like, not skip certain things. Although there are certain things, like, in Who Sorcerer's Stone, head, where uh, they're, like, leaving... Either they're leaving class or they're leaving, like, dinner or something like that. They go up the stairs, and the stairs change all of a sudden in the third floor corridor, and it's after hours. Like, stuff like that, where yeah. I'm like, that was weird. But generally, it more or less hits the points that it's supposed to hit. Um, and so... Yeah, I mean, I just don't like this movie. I... I I was trying. I tried. If you want to, I don't know. Go back. If you to have the tweets. time to scroll through my timeline, you can see I tried. She did. I even though. tried. I even tried stop. Like I tried to stop tweeting for a bit, and then I was like, "No, it's still making me angry." I started in like like maybe like forty five minutes in. I start. I was like, "Let me start tallying these MVP bench votes, um, and like getting all the last ones in." So that I can like at least focus on something else that I like, and I still was angry, and I couldn't help it. I just do not like I and I and I think like and I think I mentioned it. I've mentioned it before. Just my experience watching it the first time, um, and I think that while it's much easier for me to like watching it on its own, it's not a bad movie. Um, and I think that with all the other movies, even even Half Blood Prince, where they burn down the burrow, and that shit is wild disrespectful it makes no sense like I can still separate it from the books but I think because of my initial reaction to watching the movie like Order of Phoenix the first time I saw it um mm-hmm. it colors it every time I watch it like I can't not get that initial like feeling out of my head if that makes sense whenever I watch it so like especially this time watching it so close after reading the books um it was just like resentment from when I was like 12 13 years old (laughs) building back up again like just like why are you doing this to me like it's the uh like I just it just makes me mad because again it's my favorite book and like I've not I've been super vocal about the fact it's my favorite book and um it might be one of my favorite books like period as well I wouldn't be able to rank it right now but like it's up there um and the movie just like makes me upset so yeah, yeah, I I get that. Like, and I get it way more now after, like, not only did we just finish reading the book, but we did, like, a close read of the mm-hmm. book. So, like, every beat, every moment we, like, set with and, like, you know, marinated with. And so the movie, like, and we've said this before, like, they move so fast. Like, starting with Prisoner of Azkaban, um, especially with Goblet of Fire, we were just, like, it was, like, whiplash how quickly... They go through these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and then, like, there are just some things that are just annoying. Like, they go back to Hogwarts on Christmas. Like, that's that makes no sense. No sense. Like, yeah. And yeah. then, like, all of a sudden, 
in the third movie, Sirius can become Padfoot and go and back to Sirius with his clothes on, and all of a sudden he's naked and has to grab a jacket or something like. But can <laughs> he was still definitely naked in King's Cross. But, that was wild. But still has the picture, like how? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like those things were kind of dumb. Uh, are very dumb, not kind of. They were dumb. <laughs> but I still, like, I think the whole thing is is that, the to me, in my opinion, the movie ends on, like, literally my favorite scene. See, and I don't like it. And it just, like, it fills me with joy. And I know the rest of it, because, like, and I think the other part of it is, is that I, I this is a great book. I'm not going to say it's not a great book, but... I have really rough feelings about this book because I lose serious and, and the last however many chapters of this book are just mean and hard. Mm -hmm. And like the movie actually ends and I'm like, yeah, magic. Like this is not how magic works. Don't pay attention. Don't think too hard. Cause we're in see, So I was thinking like, so I don't like the actual, the actual duel. I'm not like, I do like the duel. I, I think as I've like watched it more, I'm less interested in it just because I'm just like at this point y'all ruined my favorite book and like whatever. <laughs> but I do remember the first time watching it, like being pissed, and then the duel happened, and I was like, oh, this is lit. Like I like <laughs> objectively speaking, the duel is lit, and I appreciate that. I think my issue, and it's not really the duel, it's like post the duel, mm-hmm. um, which is what I thought you were talking about at first, is the way that like so like you know obviously we ju- we only read the lost prophecy two weeks ago and there's so much information there that doesn't really get and there are other moments in the movies and it's not just order of the phoenix and it happens more often in the last like in the last maybe four well four parts of the story i'm not gonna like that's including both one and two um like from goblet of fire on there are really important parts in the book that are necessary like to get us to the climax like into the end of the like story that the movies kind of just like wave away or they just like mention it slightly and then it becomes a big deal and it's like well that was never mentioned what is that so like things like the mirror never came up like the whole thing about the prophecy we get like the harry dumbledore talk which i really wished also that like they played up harry's grief in a way that was more than just like PTSD and flashbacks to Cedric like I wanted it in him being like surly like the anger was a part of it and I think that they didn't really utilize that in a way that they could but like just kind of I think having Dumbledore explain to him all of those things and like showing him the prophecy and explaining it to him versus Harry like hearing it out of context would have helped in terms of like the ultimate game plan I think and would have I think made it easier to understand I think also the end in the ending when they're like walking up to uh, the Hogwarts Express and Harry's like, we have something Voldemort doesn't have. And it's a, sim- it's a similar thing to the end of the duel where he's like, you never know love or friendship. And like that line on its own is funny to me. And so like I say it sometimes when people get on my nerves. But like, I think one of the points of Order of the Phoenix is that Harry does not come to that on his own by the end of the book. Like Dumbledore yeah. tells oh, him yeah. and he's like, I'm not really buying it. I feel all this hurt. So like that can't be useful, right? Like that right can't be a good thing um and i think that that's important to leave him with that and then to have him kind of realize it go moving forward so that when he finally meets voldemort like that's a thing that he's coming with and that he's kind of figured out on his own versus him just like 
saying it here because of that one time Dumbledore said it's how it's not how you are like it's how you're not you know what I mean so I think like certain choices in like the script and like who says what I think it kind of messes with the characterization and kind of like the character development of some of these folks especially Harry I think yeah and I think it's also important to note that we have many issues with David Yates starting with these movies and then continuing on I don't think we've ever had a good relationship with David Yates no on the, the wizard team side, I don't know about other <laughs> Potterheads, but like, I feel like wizard team is firmly like, keep it. Um, but this is like when David Yates comes, he says, and he said this like publicly, like, I'm assuming that everyone coming to these movies has read the books. And so That's lazy. I, it's so it is. It's, it's so lazy, sir. But it also like there are things like you said, like where. They change the characterizations, right? But also, within, like, a coherent movie, it doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Like, so, if someone is watching it and hasn't read the book, like, when you've read the book, you know, like, your brain can fill in plot holes. Like, the same way that your brain can fix, you know, certain spelling mistakes and you don't even notice typos as a certain Mm -hmm. matter because you just are like, first and last word is correct. I got it. Right. If you only watch the movies, like, I feel... I feel a certain way for people who've only watched the movies. Like I feel for them, but I'm also really angry at them because, you know, but right. anyway, like you don't understand. It, it doesn't make sense. Like that movie, <laughs> that movie doesn't make sense. There's no, like, there's no through thing. And so the part of it, and when this has like been, I think I maybe realized it maybe like two years ago, Actually, I think it was when I was reading Order of the Phoenix while we were on Chamber of Secrets, (laughs) is that one of the other things with the movie is that the movie is not Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. It's Harry Potter and that bitch Umbridge. Like, that's what it is. And so it spends a lot of its, like, act two, like, focusing on Umbridge and, like, how do we thwart her and, like, how do we do all these things for her? And, like, yeah, she's... The whole reason the DA was created is because there's something out there and Umbridge won't let us, but they play up the Umbridge won't let us more than like there's something out there. And the only person who really gets to see like there's something out is Harry. Like actually not even Harry because he we, he doesn't get his, we don't see him have visions. The first vision we see him have like of like legit vision of, like is with Arthur. There's nothing that happens before that. We don't know that Harry is having like these emotional connections with Voldemort um, mm. in like really basic situations, right? So like- those are the things that make you like or that remind you that there is something out there versus Harry just saying oh I don't know Lord Voldemort you know what I mean like there is more to that um and I think that because they play up Umbridge so much and then she gets carried away like her getting carried away by the centaurs which again is actually more gross watching it than reading it (laughs) but like that's JK Rowling's fault that's not the filmmaker's fault that's really well, yeah, it's also because, yeah, it's all, actually, no, it is, it's partly. It's the filmmaker's fault because it's the filmmaker's fault. They get to, like, articulate why they're upset. They no, just they're start... just horses. Yeah. They're just, like, a herd. Yeah. But the, like, that could have been the end. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Professor, but I must not tell lies. Let's go back up to the, <laughs> to Hogwarts. We're done. You know what I mean? Like, that yeah. could have been the end, and then instead they keep going. But there, it, like, doesn't, because they spend so much time focused on Umbridge, you don't really get a lot of information about the order and what they're doing. You don't hear a lot about, um, like you don't even get stuff about like, again, the, the visions that Harry's seeing when like St. Mungo's, while a lot of it is them at 
um, like going to visit Arthur and like I also would have really loved to see St. Mungo's on screen that is one of the other reasons shit pisses me off but also when they go into the ward and they see Lockhart and Neville's parents they also see Bodrick Bode and so like that is important and then realizing that this dude just got killed like all of those things are still things that like obviously Harry, Ron, and Hermione don't know how to mind their business and we don't really get that here we get them just fighting back against umbrage instead of also thinking like okay but what about this thing happening with the weapon and like they're not really theorizing or doing anything that makes you remember until Sirius is in the department of mysteries like what we didn't even know what the department of mysteries was because we no one told us what it was we you know what i mean like they didn't show us those things beforehand and so it just doesn't like pay off in the way that i think they wanted it to pay off but again they're writing it for book for like book readers who are going who they assume are going to fill in those holes as opposed to being like why is there a hole here when there doesn't need to be need to be one yeah okay so overall we could leave the movie keep the duel how do we feel about the book as a whole separate from the movie because i feel like before we were doing a lot of like this is what the book did well this is what the movie did well but i feel Mm -hmm. like at this point we can't do that anymore. Yeah. Because the movies are so off. <laughs> yeah. Um, that it's just like, obviously the, you know, they move like, I feel like it's the same critiques over and over again. They move really fast. They have plot holes that there's no need for them to have. They add things burning down the burrow, which is going to piss me off to no end. I literally feel like I've only watched that movie like once or twice. So that's my Order of the Phoenix movie. Um, but they move too quickly. They add things that don't need to be added. They mess up magic that is that has a system, which really bothered me. And it's, there are rules. it's my it's my frustration with them. So I you know wasn't going to do this, but I also like tweeted about it. So I'm more just repeating myself for those who don't follow me or don't want to go back three weeks to a month when the trailer for Fantastic Peace dropped. But, like, that's one of my issues with, like, the movies is that they will, like, disregard the rules just because something looks cool. Yeah. And when it's not necessary, when it's, like, you could still have them aberrate, just not on Hogwarts grounds. Or, like, you still could have them, like, duel, but, like, not flying around these weird ghosty thingies. You know what I mean? Like, you can still have these things happen and, like, use spells that have been like created and that are in the books instead of making up shit like bombarda maxima why are we blowing up the room of requirement like just it, it's just like it, it just also, feels bombarda unnecessary. maxima makes me think that there's a bombarda minima and it's like why would you have a mini <laughs> you wouldn't it wouldn't make sense yeah yeah and i think to the other part of that like it's just that for me and I've said this a thousand times, like I am totally fine and I'm able to separate the books from the movies, but within the movie canon, there need to be rules. And so like you have something happening in one movie and then you disregard it in the next movie and you're Mm -hmm. like, what? And then the whole, like the thing with the flying, which really got to me because I, the movies that I rewatch the most are the Deathly Hollows one and two, because I think that those are really well done. Yeah. I like those. Or, and I think yeah. that like, that's when Dan becomes an actor. Like he's like, he's hit a stride <laughs> with Harry Potter, but the moment where Snape flies, is supposed to be a big moment because you're like, Oh shit. The only other person that we know that can do that 
is Voldemort. Mm-hmm. And again, and Voldemort's supposed to just die <laughs> like a regular old we goddamn will, we'll man. We'll get there, but yes. But like because of Order of the Phoenix and you have like no name Death Eaters swooping around and mm-hmm. flying, like it just seems like, oh, that's just something that you learn at Hogwarts. Right. Anyone, and it's, any old person. And it's can do that, that on top of the unnecessary, like, racism of that, right? And, like, yeah, I just, I have an issue white. with dark and white, dark and light tropes just generally. Um, and it's not like Harry Potter is the first to utilize, like, they utilize it without that imagery, without the flying. Like, it's used, like, Voldemort's literally called the Dark Lord. Like, it's used. But having them, like, fly around, like, oh, and also, like, why would the Death Eaters and the Order be using the same spells in that kind of way? Like, well, how would that, like, oh, you're in the Order, now we're about to do this one spell, and you're going to make sure your light is white. And then, oh, you a Death Eater? Okay, we're going to teach you this spell, and now your light's black. Like, like what? Why? It's, like, it's unnecessary, again. Like, they can literally just run into the room. Yeah. They can just do spells and do magic the way that it's done. Also, instead of using money for special effects on that bullshit, you could show me the time room. Or, or Ron saying Accio to the brain. Like, also all of the kids came out unscathed. Yeah. Like, just certain things where it's like, it's not, mistakes aren't as high when you don't, like, show how magic can actually be destructive and also but not but more than just like bang like flashes and bangs you know yeah um, well and i think that this is something that i talked about um with the play and with the movies i think the last movie i really talked about it too is that you can have drama and you can have excitement without having explosions mm-hmm. and i think that's something that like american cinema does a lot or hollywood in general is like oh it's not there's not enough explosion so it's boring there's not enough you know things getting destroyed so it's boring right. it's like watching harry potter's psyche get destroyed is drama mm-hmm. and it's just as tense it's more te- if you do it well it's even more tense than whatever the fuck that you're doing that doesn't make any sense and it's just flashy because it's you forget about running it into it a room, closing matter. the door, and then that shit starts spinning on you. Right, and then you're like, I don't know where the fuck I am anymore. That could be like, amazing. What? Yeah, dude turns into a baby. Like what? <laughs> that is traumatizing as hell. But it's um, but it's action, right? Like it's it's still right. like like compelling. I need the yeah. time room, is what I'm saying. Also, I think, and because I've been really heavy on Shield lately. Like, S.H.I.E.L.D. is able, and they don't have a source material, right? So they're, they're doing like they television. do, but they don't. I mean, yeah, but they don't. They're, it's not an adaptation of a comic. There's, like, characters that are adapted for the show, but, like. And some of the storylines, too. Some of, yeah, but, like, it's not, you know. One to a one. Strict one yeah. to one. Um, anyway, but they are able to do both, right? Like, they have crazy ass shit big budget explosions and aliens and spaceships and hovercrafts and they have quiet moments of real drama Mm -hmm. and like both are necessary and both are important because you need characterization and you need characters that you care about and stakes that are high most of the time come from characters come from people and not the building is going to 
the borough's gonna burn down right. and then all of a sudden be right back up for the wedding. Mm-hmm. What? Okay. Um, Not yet. Sorry. <laughs> Six months. But <laughs> that's my word of the phoenix. I know. Um, I know. But yeah, so like that misunderstanding is just very annoying. Again, I don't want to go like this be an all movie conversation. Like we could do that. Um, but I do think that it's great to watch the movie right after because it does help highlight a lot of things. Like when, when I watch it, when I watch Order of the Phoenix, like usually it's like, oh, it's on Freeform. You know, if you see Harry Potter, watch mm-hmm. Harry Potter. Rule number two, something. Um, but when I'm watching it like that and it's just like I stumbled onto it or whatever, I'm not thinking about like, oh, this is when the mirror comes in mm-hmm. and like, oh, how okay. heartbreaking the mirror scene is at the end when he finds and he's looking for Sirius and then goes to talk to, um, uh, Nicholas. Mm-hmm. I'm mean, like trying to either say Sir Nicholas or nearly and I couldn't. Sir nearly. Nearly, sir. Sir nearly. Um, yeah, I mean that. And then also like things like the placing of Aquamancy. Um, yeah. How it ha- instead of like Harry getting Christmas break, they're like immediately you're going to go do Aquamancy while the Weasleys go off and see to Grandma Place, which doesn't make sense. But then also like Harry, like the other thing that I think like the movies are really kind about some of these, yeah, about character flaws. Tweet. You had that tweet, and I was like, you are so right. Yeah, they're really kind about character flaws. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't really give them to, like, they don't show that, which I think makes the characters not as complicated, right? So, like, with Snape, they're really kind to Snape in a way that makes you real, like, a lot of the time when he talks, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, in, on top of yeah. him being Alan Rickman and having impeccable, like, line delivery, okay. um, he's not as out of pocket. So you're just like, yeah, you should be mad at them crashing the car into the Whomping Willow. Maybe they should be expelled as opposed to like him getting actual um, like glee and like happiness from having, getting to punish him. Right. Or -hmm. like Harry not sticking his face into Snape's thoughts. Like that's an important part of his characterization. That is a problem, but it's important. It's, he uses protect protego. Right. And that's and just him so protecting like, himself. And that's protecting like protecting himself. And that's a normal thing. But they also do that. Like when you go to chamber of secrets and he sticks his nose in Dumbledore's thought. Goblet of fire. It, yeah. Goblet of, goblet of fire. Sorry. It just moves the plot along. Yeah. There's no so, like, there's no like, sir word. Like, like there's no moment yeah. where they're like, Hmm. Like um, Dumbledore doesn't even go in and be like, you should probably not be, Doing, doing that, that. exactly. Like, let's talk about it. But I mean, even Hermione, they like scrub on. T- like, mm-hmm. I will say, I was realizing this time that, like, I think the more that I, th- as we're going through Wizard Team, the more I watch Emma Watson as Hermione, the less I like her as Hermione. Oh, I've always um, I didn't I like. I didn't mind I her connect. before. Like, I think I liked her, and I was like, she's Hermione. It's fine. But I think, and I didn't think too deeply about it. But now I'm like, why are you crying every time you deliver a All line? The time. Can we have some like actual Hermione she... up in here as opposed to just someone who like what why but what but like past that we don't really see her like nagging harry about shit she just easily is like yeah i'll write this introduction for you ron like it's just very like easy and simple and flow like even ron is just like he eats it's like everyone is very like 
and not I wouldn't say fully one dimensional because I don't that's not true um but just not as like fully fleshed out as they could be and as they are in the books um and so it's Which like one of the things because when I, they get to their like like they each have these like good moments of like acting mm-hmm. in Deathly Hollows that like parts one and two that you're like oh yes that's Hermione or mm-hmm. oh yes that's Ron and it's funny that they can still get there because or that again it's us filling in the holes right, right? because everything that they've done to lead up to it is not, it's what you, it's flat. Yeah. And I think that like, I think you were kind of saying, um, like watching the movie so close helps you see like, not only like what they leave out, but also like which parts are actually super important. You know what I mean? Like, because I think often with the movies, it's very much just about plot and it's like getting from point A to point B. And like, these are the steps to get to them in the department of mysteries, right? These are steps to get to Umbridge catching them and then, being carried away in the forbidden forest um mm-hmm. so it's not so much about like what are those what are the thi- what are like the smaller things that get them there and like the character quirks and that kind of thing that gets them there um it's very much about like they get they do this thing and then they get here but then it also lets you see like things like quidditch that would have that is super important to ron's um character development in addition to also giving us more uh representation for people of color so the now gets all taken out, right? And so it's like, another like very palpable loss for Harry. Like mm-hmm. the thing about right. Order of the Phoenix that is so is like is that he keeps losing things. Hog like Hogwarts is his happy place, mm-hmm. which is after year four how, but he's still excited to go there. Mm-hmm. He's been neglected all summer. He finally gets back to the order. And he's like, we get to go back to Hogwarts, yep. things will go back to normal. And he keeps losing things. Mm-hmm. And losing things that are important to his sense of self and his sense of home. Yeah. You know? It's like by the first, by the end of like his first week, he's like, I don't, why am I even here anymore? And this is yeah. like his favorite place in the entire world. And we don't yeah. get that. We just get, oh, Umbridge is annoying and is the yeah. worst. And like, and even her character, while I think it's the truest um, to the books, they do like play it up a little bit more where they're like, look at all these hundreds of educational decrees. And they're about things like don't kiss in the hallways and like tuck in your shirt, like really like kind of minor things, yeah. you know? Um, Which is like, come on, you know, that there are like whether or not the teachers enforce it or not, there are rules about how your uniform supposed to be worn because that's the whole point of a uniform. Right. They tell you exactly how to wear it. Mm-hmm. So that then means that that's how it's supposed to be. Whether or not the teachers enforce it is right. a different thing. Right. I you also don't need an educational like, decree I also, for how to wear your clothes. Right. And I also kind of wish that, like, I mean, I'll never get over, like, Flitwick and how they just demoted him somehow. And not to say <laughs> that, like, teaching music is not as good as teaching important. charms and not as important as as uh dumbledore said it's um and more important than all that they do at hogwarts um ah uh, uh, music yeah. um but i think a he has a very specific charm. role as the charmed professor right and that gets taken away when they have him like just teaching music class music. right um also it's like what what is hogwarts that the the classes mute like the classes that we see one of them is music like, not everyone's taking choir. Mm-hmm. It's an elective. Mm-hmm. Come on. 
Like, you need charms to be a good witch or wizard. Right. Cornerstone of your education. Right. True. Um. Also, the, the measuring of Flitwick. Sorry, I have a lot of Flitwick feels. After watching I also just that I wish that we had before. gotten more shade. Like, I, that was the other thing I yeah. was missing. And that's not, like... Like, on the scale of, of, of infractions and, like, issues that I have with this movie, it's low on the list. But, like, the sh- like McGonagall shade, she got, like, a little bit up in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Flitwick, though. Right, Sleeper. and the thing is, too, is, like, it doesn't show the unity of the teachers mm-hmm. against her. Mm-hmm. It's just McGonagall standing up. Right. When it's like, Flitwick was also standing up against it. Even freaking Snape was, like, doing his little, you know. Right. Like, we get obviously, but, like, you know, that was just. Mm-hmm. But even Snape does a little bit of pushing back because she's out of pocket. I think that what you were saying, though, about it being Harry versus Umbridge is not completely true. I think it was very much Harry versus the Ministry. And so mm-hmm. the whole thing about the movie that makes sense is that the ministry is out to get Harry. Harry is a liar. Harry, the boy who lies, blah, 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 blah. And then he's back. Harry's been vindicated on to the next movie. Right. Which is like not the, the point. crassest reading of Order of the Phoenix, mm-hmm. right? Because the point of Order of the Phoenix is trauma, loss, like finding yourself, understanding the gray areas in a fight for right against the wrong. And also like fam- familial support. Like whether that's yeah. like people who you are like blood related. It's like obviously not for Harry. None of them are blood related because those all suck. But like the living ones all suck. But like yeah. the like we don't get career advice in the way that we should have gotten career advice. Like Fred and George are, are wreaking havoc and it's like I think maybe Connie pointed out that it was because of this kid who got like the got tortured by umbridge like with the lines or whatever and that was mm-hmm. what spurred them which i think is like nice but i also yeah. think that like them interrupting owls doesn't really make much sense um yeah and and then we don't get we don't get like the actual career advice moment where mcgonagall stands up for him we don't get harry talking to remus and serious like can we have like what's going on um with my dad and we don't like we get like very there maybe like two moments where I'm like hashtag dads, but like it's very small, um, and like you could easily miss it. And I think that those moments, even like the end, right? Like the end is Harry with his friends, like we have love or whatever. But then like we don't see, like a young but then we don't see the order like standing behind Harry to the Dursleys, like fam, do you don't want these problems? Like that's all really important for someone who is going through this like really like hard time exactly (laughs) right like he's and you have this army this crew of folks who were like there for you um when you felt isolated this entire time and then another thing happens at the end of your school year to make you like further feel that way um you need at that moment you need people to be like we got you um and i think that they yeah they just don't do that in that same way so i'm gonna go into the chat a little bit because um Delia says that, like, going back to, like, the the rules of magic, it's like, Legilimens does not put you in someone else's memories. You just see their thoughts. So, therefore, the Protego would not have put Harry in Snape's memories like that. Mm-hmm. So, like... Well, I remember... That is important. Yeah. Yeah. Not in the same um, way. And then Por- Por- Shady Portia says what I think is the truest thing, is that... 
to Yates, it's like there are um like Yates is like let me just start over. Yates was like, there are rules to magic. Nah, you're taking it too seriously. Um, which is true. It's that it's it is it is that thing that we all have all fought against, which is like, oh, you like Harry Potter? I'm not in the children's books. And it's like Something can be popular and good mm-hmm. and de- and have depth and be well-rounded. Yep. Just because it's popular, just because it's quote-unquote children's lit or YA or whatever doesn't mean that it doesn't have depth and should not be taken seriously. So, um, yeah. And then, you know... Julia also says, like, one of the deepest flaws is that it seems small, but magic bleeds into everything in the story. So if you can't get it right, you can't get the story and the movies right. Mm -hmm. Um, And then all of the talent that was wasted. um, And it's like, and Imani says, all the talent coming into their own, it's not on the actors. The text was there. So, which is true, right? Because, like, the kids are older. You, you You have... Dame Maggie Smith right. and I'm pretty sure Alan Rickman was knighted so he might be Sir Alan Rickman <laughs> and it, like you have all these people and I remember Portia tweeting this and I retweeted it like a day later but it's still true it's like Gary Oldman is too old to play serious <laughs> like yes some of those things are a problem just in terms of like one a big part of Harry looking up to Sirius is that he is his dad's age, but also he's still young. Like he's still, it's, it's, it's way more conceivable when you're 15 to see yourself at 30 than it is to see yourself at 150 or however old Dumbledore is mm-hmm. or 70 plus like McGonagall or Hagrid. And so he's the person in Harry's life who A is like, wants to be his family and like wants to give that to him, but also that Harry can look up to in a very immediate kind of way. Mm -hmm. Um, Same thing with Remus is like when Harry disappoints Remus, it hurts a lot. And it's not like, Oh, some old teacher that I disappointed. I'm sorry. It's like, no, this is my dad's best friend. Mm -hmm. You know, and so it matters. Um, yeah. Yeah, it just... There's a lot of material in these books that obviously, like, some things have to go. But this is the shortest movie and the longest book. Not all of that had to go. Right. Right. So. And again, we get to the point of like the. It. Okay. When you are adapting a novel into a movie, things have to go. You can't keep all of it. We understand that. But the point of the scriptwriter and the like director and stuff is making the choices of what stays and what goes, and those choices are really bad like like they weren't going to put creature in the movie 
Yeah. Until J.K. Rowling was like, mm, actually, you might want to keep him. But then they didn't even end up using him. Doing really. anything. This disrespect with- of like the house elves as like characters is a lot. Right. Like, where was Dobby? Where was Do- like Dobby? They actually gave Neville Dobby's role again because they did the same yeah. thing in the Goblet of Fire. They make Neville Dobby. They made Which is Neville Dobby. Disrespectful That's to wild. Neville and disrespectful. To I Dobby. just I like just realized that. They can they combined Damn. Neville and Dobby's characters. Damn. 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 So disrespectful. Um, but also like, okay. The Dumbledore's army scenes I think are very important. I personally feel like you could have shortened some of those scenes mm-hmm. and included well, first off, we've decided right now it's like the movie could have been 20, 30 minutes longer. Well, um, I think one of the things about the Deathly Hollow scene, I mean, sorry, Dumbledore's army scenes, that like it brought the tone up too much, if that makes sense. Like, not to say that Order of the Phoenix is like all depressing because it's not, but it was a it was a bigger part of the movie than it was of the book, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that is that like so in the movie we're watching it and like this is Dumbledore's Army we've decided we're doing this and then there's a montage and then it's Christmas so we don't get to see like things like the Quibbler um, which actually that might have happened post Christmas but like we don't see like the Quidditch match like things that happen like we see we just see Harry like teaching and he's getting this fulfillment which is great but also we need that other side of like in his regular school life in the rest of his life because the meetings were only once a week maybe um Things are going to shit. Yeah. But also, like, we don't... The the biggest thing I have with, like, St. Mungo's and stuff is, like, we don't get to see what Neville goes through. Mm-hmm. And, like, we get this, like, really quick Neville, like, Bellatrix... After Bellatrix gets released, like, Bellatrix Lestrange, you know, tortured my parents. And he tells Harry that in a way that is, like, not true to Neville's characterization because Neville doesn't tell Harry. Harry mm-hmm. finds this out separately and then, then is confronted, like, and Neville is confronted at St. Mungo's with it. Right. But we also don't get the the reveal of, like, Neville also could have been the chosen one. Which is super and what does important. what that mean? And it's, it's the same thing, important. like, with the prophecy, we were talking about it. I guess and two weeks ago and is they shrink it. it down, right? They're just like the yeah. one with the power to vanquish the Dark Lord approaches. And although and the Dark Lord will mark him as his equal, but he will have the power the Dark Lord knows not. That's it. Or no, for leave for neither can live while the other survives. That's it. Yeah. They skip like when he's born. They skip like they don't emphasize mark him as his equal. That's why like the talk between Dumbledore and Harry at the end is really important. But instead, Dumbledore's like, I cared about you too much. My bad, fam. And Harry's like, that's cool. I understand. I understand yeah. we all have love. And that's what Dumb- that's what Voldemort doesn't have. You didn't even tell me that, but I get it. Like, no. This movie pisses Reese. me off. Woo-sa. Woo-woo-woo. Woo-woo-woo. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I personally, though, as a whole... Love this story. Love this book. Think it is too mean. (laughs) I think the thing about like 
the difference between so Prisoner of Azkaban, the, like now that we've done the close reads of both Prisoner of Azkaban and Order of the Phoenix, Prisoner of Azkaban is my favorite book. I think it's because it's dark, but it ends on a high note with hope and optimism, whereas Order of the Phoenix does not. See, and I don't think that that's true. <laughs> Um, well, you know, I think that you're, me, I know, but what I'm saying is like, I think that you're, you, you're in your head, it's ending with serious dying. Yep. And that's not what's happening. And like, I get, so I get what you're saying, but in your head, it's ending <laughs> five chapters before it actually ends. Whereas like, for me, well, the fact that it ends with Harry, like, first of all, like he gets his chance to express his grief. Right. But then it ends with him, like, not really needing to think about the prophecy and having, like, he's, that is saved for a later date, right? Because that's some dark shit. It's saved with, like, people who really care about him, letting him know, and the people who are supposed to care about him know that they care about him and that they will be watching for him and that, you know what I mean? Like, I think yeah. that it ending there is super important to me, and I think that it's, like, especially in light of where we are in the story. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's why, I mean, yeah. So I, in my head, that's a high note. Yeah, I think for me, it's the promise of we can be a proper family not coming to fruition. <laughs> I just can't yeah. get past it. But I do think that Order of the Phoenix is super important when it comes to why these, this series has stuck with me so long. Like, there are these, like, you know, like, there are these two different things, right? So when I'm reading the books and I'm in it, Prisoner of Azkaban's my favorite book. When I think about, like, what has driven me to be, you know, do a podcast and write about it and go to, you know, conventions and tattoo Deathly Hollows on my body <laughs> is, like, a lot of that comes from the series as a whole and the themes and the, you know, and things like that. And I think the overcoming of those obstacles for Harry and and the like getting like life kind of beating him down and him getting back up mm -hmm. like that is really important to and was really important to like who I grew up into mm -hmm. and like and what I hold on to when I'm when I need and this is another reason why, like, the disrespect of Neville is really upsetting to me. It's, like, when I look at, you know, the heroes of the stories that I grew up with when I need some strength or something to lean on, I look at Neville in this book right. or Harry in this book. And I look at Hermione not crying her way through things, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, being like, okay, we're going to stop, we're going to think of a plan, and we're going to execute a plan. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like... Yeah, everything is going terribly. Don't like Umbridge is a thing, but we're going to organize. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? We're gonna create a resistance, and 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 those are like actionable, you know, mm -hmm. like concrete things that you can, you know, that infuses like or fuses to your personality, and also that you can look back on and be like, what would Neville do? What would Hermione mm -hmm. do? What would Luna do? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, rack sports are important. And so, like, and the, and the introduction of Luna in this book, too, is really important mm -hmm. to me. Because, like I said, I 
identified a lot with Hermione until Luna showed up and I was like, oh, there I am. But and I also think she's like the most, and I, and I think that, I think of the characters, I think Luna gets the most, like, not necessarily shine, but she's mm-hmm. able to like get across like what, like what she's supposed to in the movie. Yeah. Um, because she's someone who understands Harry in a way that no one else does. And it takes him a minute because no one else understands her. Like, he's like, am I then going crazy? Am I, like, what's going on here? And then he realizes, no, Luna Luna is just, like, she's someone who really gets it, right? And so, like, has gone through these things and has a completely different outlook. Like, she's come out of the other side of it. And she's optimistic. And she's just like, it'll always turn up in the end. Like, it's all going to be fine in the end. Um, And I think that he needs that at this point yeah in his, like but i also think too there's something about and this i think happens even more in half-blood prince about harry accepting like the idea that you can be different and be okay with it mm-hmm. and not be so worried i think again after losing Sirius, he just sheds that he he really comes into his like i don't give a fuck yeah or whatever you want about Absolutely. me it doesn't matter um, whereas in the beginning of this book, and for every book up into leading up to this book, per- public perception of him is very important, which is why he's like, oh, I don't want Luna to understand me or see the things that I'm seeing exactly. because she's weird. So obviously everyone's going to think I'm weird. And by the by the end of the book, he's like, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I don't care how other people see me. I just need to be okay. Yeah. And that's actually um, one of the... F- one of the main things we see like early on in Half-Blood Prince um, when they're on the way back to Hogwarts and Harry like goes and sits with Luna and Neville and they're like, don't you want to sit with someone cooler? And he's like, y'all are cool. Like, yeah. who was it with me? They w- The rest of them wasn't with me shooting in the gym. So let's yeah. like talk about this. Um, yeah, for sure. And I think another part of that too with Neville is that he knows like Neville could have, you could have just as easily been in the seat that I'm sitting in and I could have been you or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, which is really funny though, because I wonder if Harry thinks about it as ter- in terms of like, he still would have lost his parents. I don't know. I don't know either actually, but <laughs> cause I know there's a moment um, and I don't, I, maybe it's already passed. No, I feel like it's in that same chapter I was talking about where he like is looking at Neville and is like, It could have been, yeah, different, but I don't think he, I don't think the parents part came in. Yeah, I don't think that, I think it's in that same chapter too, but I don't know, I don't remember. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think that like, like you said, and I should probably just try to chill a little bit more, the ending of Order of the Phoenix is, this is your family, this is the people that chose you and who you chose and they have your back and you're not alone and they're going to be there with you. Um, through anything, it's and Neville is a part of that, and Luna is a part of that, and obviously Ron and Hermione and um, Remus and Conks and Mad Eye, like they're all, they're, it's all coalescing in like these are the people I can count on, mm-hmm. and I, and I care, and who care about me as much as I care about mm-hmm. them. Um, and I, and I feel as though the 
book does a very good job of of showing that and of showing moving forward how he he needs that and leans on it but how it also scares him and he kind of runs away from it a little mm-hmm. bit um so yeah so i think order of the phoenix is a great book i don't fault anyone who says it's their favorite and i and i don't fault people who say prisoner of right. Man is their favorite either like i like it's uh, like those two are my like top two so i get it yeah I just and I and I don't even like fully remember reading it for the first time to be honest. Um like I remember getting it from the store but I don't remember like reading it. But I feel like every time like Order of the Phoenix is the book I've read the most. I feel like whenever I like it's just the one that I always go back to. Um mm-hmm. and makes me like I don't know, it's just there's something about it that pulls me into it and then I think like the the lessons and the themes and like the tone of it all of it is really important um to me and has like shaped me in ways that I probably still am not 100% sure about and like don't know and will probably keep finding um and so it just means like it's a book that means a lot to me um yeah like past the pettiness of like hating the movies because they fucked (laughs) it up like it means a lot to me so yeah and same like a lot of the stuff that I think about when I think about the Harry Potter series as a whole a lot of that stuff starts here in Order of the Phoenix Mm -hmm. um because a lot of Order of the Phoenix is very internal and I'm a very internal person Mm -hmm. obviously uh but unpacking and understanding all of that all of that emotional turmoil and things like that and also like I said like actionable ways in which you can you know deal with demons <laughs> not all of our demons look like Voldemort but you know you can take those things and still deal with them <laughs> or Bellatrix or Strange or whatever right um yeah so it's a very important book it is a very pivotal book for both of us it seems um I'm wondering about the rest of the team now, like, when you first read it, where were you, things like that. Right, but, and also, like, if if Order of the Phoenix isn't the one that was pivotal for you, which one was, and, like, why? Or even if you don't 100% know why, like, which one was? Because yeah. I think that, like, I loved Harry Potter, but I think I probably became, like who I am as a Potterhead after I read Order of the Phoenix. Like before that, I was like, this is a book that I love and I read other books too. And I'm like a kid and there's magic and like shit's wild. And like Goblet of Fire was crazy and my whole mind was blown. And then I read Order of the Phoenix and I was like, oh, this is like sitting with me. You know what I mean? At like 10 years old. Like that was like my shit. So. Yeah. And I, I think too, like not even in terms of shaped me as a Potterhead, which it did, but like shaped my outlook on the world. Like, we were talking about with, like, the Parkland students and stuff and people talking about how, like, kids grew up with Harry Potter. They grew up, like, reading about how to stand up against an ineffectual government, how to, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. How to deal with, like, these sorts of things. And, And so I think in a lot of ways, yeah, it shaped my worldview of 
what I will accept and what I won't and what I'll tolerate and what I won't, like, not just from government, but, like, from just people. Like, Draco Malfoy-ass people just need to not... I will not tolerate. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, say, say it with your chest. <laughs> Leave me alone. It was that whole thing when we... I mean, what was that, book one when we were just like, I don't understand, Draco. If I'm not messing with you, I just... I'm not mad. Yeah. Why are you out here like this? Why are we, why are we doing this? Right. So I feel like a lot of, and I don't know if it like, I don't know. It's like chicken or the egg or whatever, but like a lot of my beliefs and, um, outlook on the world either was shaped by Harry Potter or Harry Potter gave me the language to speak it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know which one that is, but either way, very important. Um, so yeah, I'm interested to know other people. Yeah. Um, so um, in the chat room, we're just talking about Prisoner of Azkaban versus Order of the Phoenix. And Shady Portia asked if, she, if it's, um, if she, if it might be based on age, mm. if your favorite is Prisoner of Azkaban or the Phoenix, Julia says Prisoner of Azkaban was her favorite until Order of the Phoenix came out. Um, Laurel Hufflepuff says she's Prisoner of Azkaban. Order of the Phoenix came out when she was 22 and in the middle of a divorce, and it was way too close to real for me. Dang. I didn't even think about that. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and... And then Delia also says that maybe each Potterhead is different because Order of the Phoenix immediately resonated with her and has withstood the test of time and rereads. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Prisoner of Azkaban for me, I was still young, right? I was like, you know, reading Prisoner of Azkaban might have been my first midnight release or like the first one that I, not, I didn't go to a midnight release, but like the first one I got when it came out, like. I didn't have, I had to, you know, wait for it to be released or whatever. Um, but that was when I was like, oh, this is like, not only like, oh, this is my, my jam, but like, this is more than I thought it was. Right. right. Like, cause I was reading, when I was reading, when I read Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, I was re- I'm still reading Babysitter Club books and, you know, I was reading Babysitter Club books because I had started on this whole, I'm going to read them one through whatever. And there's like 300 of them, John's and like, so I was in a loop. Yeah. But like, I was also like, I was reading like Nancy Drew and Boxcar Children. Um, and then like Jane Eyre because I'm weird. <laughs> um, but like, I was still reading those kinds of books, you know, like, they're really good. They're serial, but they're not really serial. Mm-hmm. And it's the same characters. And there's kind of a form- formula to them. And I enjoy that. Maybe is why I love procedurals so much. Like I started reading procedurals. I was going to say, like, Harry Potter starts off like that. Right. And so, I like, that was, like, Harry Potter was just another one of those, like, oh, yes, here's another, hopefully, never-ending book series mm-hmm. that I can just continue to read. And then Prisoner of Azkaban comes out and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. This is different. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think that really spoke to me. And then Order of the Phoenix was definitely like, oh, this is not only different, but this is big. Mm-hmm. Like, 
important. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I, I think, think that I think that's like, probably the same. That makes sense for me too. Yeah. I mean like the the end reveal of like um like just the end of Prisoner of Azkaban, that shit. Man. Right, I remember like, reading that the first time you're like, What? This is lit. Like, I've been reading about scabbers uh, for two books and mm-hmm. y'all said, No, you're just a rat. Mm-hmm. And like, no, like, okay, there's like this whole thing and like and that's when I was like, oh, there are Easter eggs all up in Everywhere. here. Like, that was when I was like, oh, she's playing the long like, game. Like, this is not right. a game. I, and then I was like, I got to go back and, like, reread. Mm-hmm. Like, were there, like, that was the first time I was like, were there signs? Like, that's when I started rereading, looking for, yeah. like, what might come next. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, trying to, you know, outguess her and stuff. And so, yeah, I think that was like, oh, these books are different Mm -hmm. and like maybe it was my first taste of like a fantasy series in which like there's a long game but it's not a serial just keep reading them same characters whatever like I still love those Mercy Thompson that's my girl um but like we're we're doing an epic like there's still an ending um we thought there was an ending type of type of thing um Mm -hmm. But yeah, but Order of the Phoenix was like, oh, this is important. Yeah. For the capital. <laughs> yeah. So, do you want to get into your spreadsheet? Let's do this. I'm very excited. Oh, the smile that's spread um, across her face. I love this so much. <laughs> um, so, for the chat, I'm going to ask y'all to make a prediction of who will win Half-Blood Prince and who will lose Half-Blood Prince. Just keep that in your mind while we do the other stuff before that. Um, Yes. Anyway, let's do this. So, um, first, I want to go ahead, go back, however many months this was that we ended Goblet of Fire, and look at our predictions Uh for who was going to win and lose Order of the Phoenix. I love that you keep up with this. I have no idea. <laughs> so. I don't even know. Like, people are tweeting, like, that are behind. And they're like, oh, remember when Robin said this? And I'm like, no. Oh, I don't remember those things. But the MVP bench stuff, I keep a record of. Like, I don't. No, I no, haven't I'm retained saying, it. I love that you keep. Yeah. I no. love that you keep a record of it. Because I'm, I'm, I'm so interested. Yeah, what did I like, say? like, what did I say? I know. I was I looking. Because what happened was I was, like, looking at. Well, because when I was making the agenda for this week, I was like, oh, I need to look at the, like, format, because I know it's slightly different than our usual mm-hmm. format. So I looked at the last agenda, and I was like, oh, we did do this. And then I was like, oh, we had it linked. Like, we were red. So, okay. So I guessed that Hermione would win uh, Order of the Phoenix. Um, mm-hmm. And you guessed that Sirius would win Order of the Phoenix. Um, I don't know if I guessed it so much as I was willing it to happen. That's I yeah. I haven't listened to the episode, so that's possible. Um, Amani guessed Harry. Deb guessed. Deb didn't know because <laughs> she has Harry, Centaurs, McGonagall. They're all question marks. She had no idea. Um, and then Portia guessed Fred and George. Um, and the winner of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, the real MVP is Hermione Granger. She's okay. out here with 148 points um, or votes. I will also say that, like, this is just like the live tweet was, like, the biggest we've had. Like, the voting was the biggest we've had, which is really lit. Like, it's funny to go back to, like, the Sorcerer's Stone spreadsheet where it was, like, just us and, like, Harry won yeah. with nine votes because like, it was just <laughs> us. 
Um, and now Hermione's out here with 148. So that's like really lit that we have that many people voting. So thank you for doing that. And please continue to do that. In second place is, let me just double check really quickly. Cause there were two. Oh, yeah, it is serious, but I wanted to double check cause he's really close with uh, McGonagall. So Sirius has 69 oh, wow. and then McGonagall's at 67. So I, yeah, I just need to double check because I was like, they were very close. Um, I'll allow it. So McGonagall, if you had Mag- said anyone else, I'd have been mad. Unless it was but, Remus. But- Remus is also not as close, but we, we like double yeah. voted for them often. So, you know, um, yeah. So, so there's that. Harry, since it is Harry Potter and the, um, he <laughs> had 54 votes for MVP. So nice. he wasn't wasn't bad. He was just you know in thirty eight chapters. In thirty eight chapters, fifty four. It's decent. It's, it's decent. decent. He was tripping a lot. He was so. exactly. Ron had sixteen. That makes sense. Um. Yeah, he doesn't really do very much in this book, or like enough to like make him win. Um, yeah. What are some other notables? Where were Fred and George? Since Portia thought that they were going to win. Uh, Fred and George. 35 for Fred, 37 for George. And I'm sure the point differential is, uh, or difference is Portia. Yeah, I love the Fred-George divide. Yeah. I love it. Um, Yeah. Dean's out here with 16 points. Neville had 37. Hedwig with two. I think, like, Hedwig is the most consistent. Like, she doesn't get a lot, but she's just, like, steady, like, it's winning every once in a while, you know. Just building her. Family. Yeah, basically, basically ready for the the album drop. Um, okay, so who lost the book? So the prediction for losing, um, Robin or I guessed Umbridge. Robin also guessed Umbridge. Um, and then Amani and Deb guessed Umbridge, and then Portia guessed Fudge or Umbridge. So pretty yeah fair and um the person who lost the book is none other than Dolores Umbridge and she said Snape so I know you out here like you gunning for this position um and like you know you're in here for the long game but I'm gonna just hit you with 193 votes on for the bench wow she got more votes for bench than Hermione got for MVP she's almost at 200 wild that makes sense though it makes so much sense but Never it's forget. it's wild. Dolores Jane Umbridge is a hate ass bitch. And I'm the, gonna get that on a t-shirt. Please, I'm gonna get that tatted. Please do. Never forget. And and in second place, and this is actually kind of hilarious. In second place is Harry Potter with 71 votes. Yep. So I mean, he got 54. He got 54 for MVP face. and 71 for benched. My man stuck his face mm-hmm. in someone else's Exactly. Thoughts. He did, and he for the second mm-hmm. time. And he ran off on some fool's errand like a dumbass. Loud and wrong. So, so yeah. Um, Turned a grown man into a baby man. Yeah. It's, it's, can't come back from that. You can't. You cannot. Um, tied for third place is Fudge and Umbridge. I mean, sorry, not Umbridge. Sorry. Fudge and Dumbledore mm. for, with 64. So that makes, that makes a lot of sense as well. Um. I actually thought they were in love, second place, and then I saw Harry and was like, "Oh, you are out yeah. here." I love the nuance of of the of Wizard Team's Dumbledore. Like we stand for him, mm-hmm. we 
we you know let it be. I mean, he got he got fifty votes for MVP. Yeah. So like, yeah. But we are very nuanced, and we will tell him when he's done mm-hmm. wrong. And he, you're doing wrong. You're doing wrong. You're doing wrong. You're doing wrong. You better watch your mouth, boy. Mouth, boy. Better watch your mouth. Um, what an MJ today, and I'm makes, I'm makes me it. happy. Um, who did I was I looking at? Um, Ron, where is Ron? Ron had 16, so he's like pretty. He was even, same amount of MVPs and benches. Um, Haggard with 18 because he had his entire. Uh, brother just in the forbidden Haggard forest for was, no reason he wasn't even in he was in he like was in the last half of the book and was like it's cool i this is my my seat i would like to be here in perpetuity hagrid literally built a bench and carried it with him from the mountains <laughs> from the mountains <laughs> from the, we have watched from the mountain oh no as your death Eater rebellion has been overseen by a child who scoffs a tradition. Um, Hermione got thirteen benches. I feel I think they were mostly for house elf shenanigans. And Mar- Marietta, probably. And Marietta, yes, and Marietta. Um, who am I looking for? Voldemort got seventeen. Um, which is hilarious. But he's not in it enough to really he's, like. He's bench only him. in the yeah. He comes. I think he comes. I'm I'm thinking maybe Deathly Hollows. I don't I still yeah. don't know that he would lose, but I think he would come closest in Deathly Hollows. Yeah, I feel like well, I don't know. Who else would lose? Deathly Hollows Snape? Potentially Snape. But even then, he's not really in like I don't know. That one's yeah. gonna be that one's gonna be interesting. Um speaking of Snape, he got thirty-four um MVP. I mean sorry, bench. Are we votes. gonna figure out who loses the series as in Yes, I am. I am also lost. keeping a spreadsheet for adding. No, up but I'm just. Votes. I'm. I'm wondering, like, is it if you lose the book, then that's one towards the series, or is it like the accumulation of accumulation votes? of votes? So you could have not lost any books, but lose we've had this conversation every time. Yes. Okay. My money. Well, I just want to make sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Snape gets his, his Yeah. No, for sure. Um. Cool. He's playing the long game. He's playing the long game. He's playing chess, not checkers. Yes, indeed. Um, chess. Uh, sorry, one second. So, who? So, person, the people who are in the lead right now for series MVP and series bench. Um, Hermione and Snape. No, actually, uh, Hermione for sure because she won last book in a landslide and. Maybe not a landslide, but won it, and then won this one in the landslide for sure. Um, so she's at two eighty two right now, um, and the closest, I believe, is Harry. Yeah, Harry at one seventy three. Um, mm-hmm. Sirius is at one twenty seven. Remus is at one sixteen, and uh, Dumbledore is at one oh five. So right now, yeah, right now Hermione's in the lead. Um, in the lead for Bench is Umbridge because she got 193 in one book. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she came, that's what I'm saying. She came through. She broke down. She the said, door. I am here and I am ready. <laughs> Give me my seats. I demand them at oh. once. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, it's wild. Um, but I believe Snape is at 120. So let me just double check. Yeah, so I think Snape is in second place. Snape is in second place for Bench. So because Umbridge is not in the next one and is only in like one or two chapters of the one after, like I'm, I believe in Snape. I believe, I believe in him. Too. But you know, I'm- but Umbridge came through. Like it was. Man. She busted the she door did. down. Um, and then also in the triple digits, let's look at the benches. Uh, Fudge is at 107. But he's not really going to be around for much longer, so. Um, yeah. Harry's at 116. Makes sense. Um, he's really going to He man, I'm like, yeah, he might. If he loses the series, I would, that would be hilarious. Um, it would also just be like very, very yeah, hard. absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So yeah, so those are so those are the ones in like the lead How right now. How you gonna decide on your day off, Harry? It 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 makes very little. How sense. you gonna lose your own story, <laughs> Harry? <laughs> He's so funny, so funny. Um, okay, so um, <clears throat> who is your guess for who will win the Half Blood Prince? These ones get, they, I feel like they get harder as we like. Yeah, I know, I know who I have for bench. Can we just go there? Um, win first, oh, win man. first. You want me to go first? Yeah, you go first. Um, I am going to guess Hermione. And, yeah. and not, and not because I stand, but just based on her trajectory right now. And also based <laughs> on like what I can remember, like of any of like who is, like a lot of people are tripping in in Half Blood Prince, and I feel yeah. like of like most consistently, I think she's tripping the least. Yeah, I was kind of like leaning towards Hermione. Um, I was thinking about Neville and Ginny a mm. lot. I don't know why. I think there might be like two or three standout chapters that just are sticking with me. Um, but yeah, I guess Hermione would be a safe bet. I. Also, kind of think Dumbledore. Mm. Yeah, I could so, see Dumbledore. Are you gonna say Dumbledore? Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna go Dumbledore okay. just to be different. Yeah, than you. I could see I could see Dumbledore. Yeah, but it's you know a hard it's, one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so in the chat, um, Delia's prediction is Hermione. Mm-hmm. Um. Amani's prediction is Dumbledore over his strenuous objections. Um, <laughs> and Portia. And Portia is also Dumbledore. So, okay. I I can see Dumbledore. I, I definitely could see Dumbledore. Um, so, what about your prediction for Zibinch? Ooh. So, I feel like I feel like this is the one for, for Snape. Snape, but I also feel like Draco is like gonna might try to pull an umbrage mm. and be like, "Hey, Snape, mm. yeah, just move on over." Yeah. Um, but my top three, just so y'all know, is the top three vote getters are gonna be Snape, Draco, and Harry. Yeah, Harry, man. <laughs> Harry's gonna be in the top Harry three Potter, man. Revenged. 
Like I was gonna like, say Snape because, and then I was thinking every time Draco. Draco's tripping. Harry does something yeah. wild. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I think Lord, Harry I, might lose next book. I think that's my prediction. I feel like whenever I'm, what I'm thinking about, whenever I'm leaning towards benching Draco, I can remember Harry doing something worse, like just more yeah, reckless. Yeah, he out, he out year six reckless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like. It's a good thing he, quote unquote, chose not to return to Hogwarts seventh year because he would have got expelled. Yeah, yeah. Without uh, <laughs> McGonagall, if like you know things didn't go the way they did, McGonagall would have been like, you know what, you don't need to be here much longer. Oh wait, Laurel came. Yes. in. Hufflepuff believes Hermione will be the MVP and Ron will be bench for Half Blood Prince. Wait, we we aren't doing bench, or I guess we are doing benches. Um. Oh, yeah, we sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, and I said Harry, and then, sorry, scrolling. Portia thinks Draco. Mm-hmm. Uh, Delia thinks um, the creature slash monster in Harry's chest, or just Harry if we must be general. Yeah, the lo- that, that situation. She pulls out a, um. A quote. A quote that I forgot. It's not good. Which is, but unbidden into his mind came an image of that same deserted corridor with himself kissing Ginny instead. The monster in his chest purred. No. Do you know what that reminds me of? Even though, can something remind you of something that came after it? I don't know. But it reminds me of um, the inner goddess from Fifty Shades of Grey. Yes. Oh, that's going to be a fun chapter to roast Harry about. Um, Anamani also predicts Harry. Um, So we have our predictions. Um, For you, Robin, who do you think will be winning the series? Like in the lead for by the end of the book? Hermione. Yeah, me too. The series is the winner in my heart. (laughs) Um, And who do you think is going to be losing? Snape. Yeah. Snape. Snape. I think so too, actually. I think Snape can do it. We believe in him. I believe in him. Oh yeah, I think he can. I believe I think in he his power of sitting mm-hmm. down. You cannot be weighed down with that much hair grease and dirt, and not need to, and not have to like rest on a bench. Yeah, just you know, all that weight occasionally on his shoulders, an occasional, an occasional seat, at least. Yeah, at least. Yeah. Um. So thank you for listening. Um, next week we will be discussing chapter one of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, The Other Minister. Um, make sure to follow along and let us know who you think is the real MVP and who is benched um, for that chapter. And also give us your predictions. Um, we want to know who you think is going to win the book um, and who you think is going to lose. We want to know who you think will be in the lead. Um who do you think will win the series? Who do you think will win the series at this point? Yeah, like just your predictions right now. We're like... Yeah. Um. You know, kind of starting fresh, clean slate. If you right. haven't been voting or haven't been able to vote, you can start next week for Half Blood Prince. Um, and then we have about six months until we end, so we got some time. But like, you know, if you haven't started voting, you can do that. Yeah. Starting vote on the regular. Yeah. Make it. A it's habit. fun. It's great. Good habits. Um, and thanks for those who like so saved happy. them all and then sent them to me at the end. Like that was great. I inputted all those. Um, whatever works for you, um, as long as it's before the deadline, we're all good. And thanks for sticking with us for five books. (laughs)
Guys. Five of them. Five books. We're, like, we're closer. We are now closer to the end than we are to the mm-hmm. beginning. Yeah. That's wild. Super wild. Um, I am not excited for this book. I, I yeah, I'm not. love you know, to hate in the book. In the way that I love career advice, I hate Sectum Sempra. So that's going to be a hard one. Yeah, that's Harry just like it. You know, all the times we've yelled at Harry, this one is gonna be like it's just in my chat. Like you know what I mean? Like it's just like mm-hmm. please, let's not like just oh, Oof. but it, but we're gonna do it. Even the, I'm even thinking about the first chapter, or is that the first whatever? Whatever he's on the Hogwarts Express. No, that's not the first chapter. It's that's early. later. Yeah, that it's one. Early. Oh God, yeah. The first two like chapters, chapter ironically, are two chapters that he's not in. Yeah. So, um, you know, give give some other folks some some space. Some, cha- some yeah. chances to sit down. Um, but I mean, remember Ooh, we were talking. Robin and I were talking about MVP? in the chat in the second chapter. Our choices for MVP and benched are Bellatrix Lestrange, Narcissa Malfoy, Severus Snape, and Peter Pettigrew. Yeah. Let that fit Just, on each Those are the characters. I mean, I guess, like, there are other people who are mentioned, so you can kind of, you know, based on the... Because mm-hmm. um, I just thought of someone who could, could be, be like made... Me. I just I just thought of someone who could be made MVP, even though they're not in the chapter. So, like, that... Yeah, but those are the four characters we're working with. Um, yeah. So it's just gonna be... It'll be fun. I just decided that if I can't... Re- if I can't think of an MVP, I'm at an MVP period. All right, Brandon. What? Like how he says Gryffindor for everything when he can't think of something? Oh. <laughs> yep. Brandon thinks Gryffindor is the headmaster of Hogwarts, mm-hmm. so let's not mm-hmm. go that far with the name calling. I'm just, I find I'm that just very saying, hurtful. I'm just saying. Um, very hurtful. Yeah. I mean, I think I overall, like, I don't hate Half-Blood Prince. Um, it's just, it, it's... Mm. I actually, we'll get to it. I don't. I think there are things about it that I like a lot, Um, and I think the most, the thing I like the most about it is that we get some like, like in the way that or in the way that in Order of the Phoenix, Harry has a terrible year, and Half Blood Prince he has a chance to like get back to the things that he loves about Hogwarts and like gets to be like an actual kid in some ways, and also in not in other ways, but like you know he just gets a little bit more space. But with that space, yeah, I don't hate. I don't hate Half Blood Prince as a book. It's it's a tough read for yeah, me. Yeah, no, absolutely. There are moments. Do you, so check out. By the way, check out our other podcast, Tarbus. But in the first, in the premiere episode of the last season of Doctor Who, when y'all were like, "It's fun," and I was like, "Who's having fun?" <laughs> I had fun. What? I was like, "Yeah, it was a good episode, I guess." But was that fun? Nah. That's how I feel about Half Blood yeah. Prince. Yeah, it's a good book, but is it fun? Who's having That's, fun? Yeah, valid. Not me. Valid. Um, cool. So uh, check us out our website, blackgirlscreate.org, on Twitter at WeBlackAndNerds, hashtag WizardTeam, at Yana underscore Hollows, at Robin underscore Ravenclaw, Facebook, Black Girls Create, join our Wizard Team Facebook group, join our Slack, Instagram at Black Girls Create. We'll be at FanCon at the end of the month, so, you know, come see us there, say hi. Um, and we will see you next week. Next week. New book, new us. Here. Bye, y'all. Bye, guys. Bye.